Today is February 14th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. I pray that your day started off well and that by the time we get to the end of this episode, you will feel even better, more prepared for whatever you have next, whether that is work, a workout, school, or even rest. I know some of you listen as you prepare for bed. We are returning to the book of Exodus today, and this is our second to last day here. After tomorrow, we'll be transitioning to our next book, Leviticus. Today, however, Bezalel and Aholiab are constructing the furnishings of the tabernacle. This project that we're observing as it's being built is something to behold. You'll see as we get into more descriptions just how opulent and lavish this tabernacle was. We've already covered the specificity of the instructions God gave, and we may wonder why he didn't just say, build a tabernacle and leave them to do it on their own. One writer said, if God had let men choose their own design, it might have been ugly. And while that's true, I think it may be a little more nuanced than that. I think the order and the symmetry here represent the character and nature of God. He is a God of order and balance and beauty. We need to look no further than the cosmos for that. As David reminds us in Psalm 8, he set the moon and stars in their places. In Psalm 19, he says he pitched a tent for the sun. That is the darkness of night when the sun is hidden from our view. And it rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit at the other end. And in Psalm 104, David tells us that he set a boundary for the sea so that it would not overstep his command. So this massive undertaking is a way for us to witness God's nature and his precision in action. And then in Matthew 28 today, he is risen. Let's get into it. Exodus chapters 37 and 38. New King James Version, making the Ark of the Testimony. Then Bezalel made the Ark of Acacia wood. Two and a half cubits was its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. He overlaid it with pure gold inside and outside, and made a molding of gold all around it. And he cast for it four rings of gold to be set in its four corners, two rings on one side and two rings on the other side of it. He made poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. And he put the poles into the rings at the sides of the ark to bear the ark. He also made the mercy seat of pure gold, two and a half cubits was its length and a cubit and a half its width. He made two cherubim of beaten gold He made them of one piece at the two ends of the mercy seat, one cherub at one end on this side and the other cherub at the other end on that side. He made the cherubim at the two ends of one piece with the mercy seat. The cherubim spread out their wings above and covered the mercy seat with their wings. They faced one another. The faces of the cherubim were toward the mercy seat making the table for the showbread. 
He made the table of acacia wood. Two cubits was its length, a cubit its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold and made a molding of gold all around it. Also, he made a frame of a handbreadth all around it and made a molding of gold for the frame all around it. And he cast for it four rings of gold and put the rings on the four corners that were at its four legs. The rings were close to the frame as holders for the poles to bear the table. And he made the poles of acacia wood to bear the table and overlaid them with gold. He made of pure gold the utensils which were on the table, its dishes, its cups, its bowls, and its pitchers for pouring. Making the Gold Lampstand He also made the lampstand of pure gold. Of hammered work he made the lampstand. Its shaft, its branches, its bowls, its ornamental knobs, and its flowers were of the same piece. And six branches came out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side, and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side. There were three bowls made like almond blossoms on one branch, with an ornamental knob and a flower, and three bowls made like almond blossoms on the other branch, with an ornamental knob and a flower. And so for the six branches coming out of the lampstand. And on the lampstand itself were four bowls made like almond blossoms, each with its ornamental knob and flower. There was a knob under the first two branches of the same, a knob under the second two branches of the same, and a knob under the third two branches of the same, according to the six branches extending from it. Their knobs and their branches were of one piece. All of it was one hammered piece of pure gold. And he made its seven lamps, its wick trimmers, and its trays of pure gold. Of a talent of pure gold he made it with all its utensils. Making the Altar of Incense He made the incense altar of acacia wood. Its length was a cubit and its width a cubit. It was square, and two cubits was its height. Its horns were of one piece with it, and he overlaid it with pure gold. Its top, its sides all around, and its horns. He also made for it a molding of gold all around it. He made two rings of gold for it, under its molding, by its two corners on both sides, as holders for the poles, with which to bear it. And he made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with gold, making the anointing oil and the incense. He also made the holy anointing oil and the pure incense of sweet spices, according to the work of the perfumer, making the altar of burnt offering. He made the altar of burnt offering of acacia wood, Five cubits was its length, and five cubits its width. It was square, and its height was three cubits. He made its horns on its four corners. The horns were of one piece with it, and he overlaid it with bronze. He made all the utensils for the altar, the pans, the shovels, the basins, the forks, and the fire pans. All its utensils he made of bronze. 
and he made a grate of bronze network for the altar, under its rim, midway from the bottom. He cast four rings for the four corners of the bronze grating as holders for the poles, and he made the poles of acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. Then he put the poles into the rings on the sides of the altar with which to bear it. He made the altar hollow with boards. Making the Bronze Laver He made the laver of bronze and its base of bronze from the bronze mirrors of the serving women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting, making the court of the tabernacle. Then he made the court on the south side. The hangings of the court were of fine woven linen, 100 cubits long. There were 20 pillars for them, with 20 bronze sockets. The hooks of the pillars and their bands were silver. On the north side of the hangings were 100 cubits long, with 20 pillars and their 20 bronze sockets. The hooks of the pillars and their bands were silver. And on the west side, there were hangings of 50 cubits, with 10 pillars and their 10 sockets. The hooks of the pillars and their bands were silver. For the east side, the hangings were 50 cubits. The hangings of one side of the gate were 15 cubits long, with their three pillars and their three sockets, and the same for the other side of the court gate. On this side and that were hangings of 15 cubits, with their three pillars and their three sockets. All the hangings of the court all around were of fine woven linen. The sockets for the pillars were bronze, the hooks of the pillars and their bands were silver, and the overlay of their capitals were silver, and all the pillars of the court had bands of silver. The screen for the gate of the court was woven of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and of fine woven linen. The length was 20 cubits, and the height along its width was five cubits, corresponding to the hangings of the court. And there were four pillars with their four sockets of bronze. Their hooks were silver, and the overlay of their capitals and their bands was silver. All the pegs of the tabernacle and of the court all around were bronze. Materials of the Tabernacle this is the inventory of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, which was counted according to the commandment of Moses for the service of the Levites by the hand of Ithamar, son of Aaron the priest, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made all that the Lord had commanded Moses. And with him was Aholiab, the son of Ahisimach of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer, a weaver of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and of fine linen. All the gold that was used in all the work of the holy place, that is, the gold of the offering, was twenty-nine talents and seven hundred and thirty shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. And the silver, from those who were numbered of the congregation, was 100 talents and 1,775 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. A becca for each man, that is, half a shekel, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, for everyone included in the numbering from 20 years old and above, for 603,550 men. 
and from the hundred talents of silver were cast the sockets of the sanctuary and the bases of the veil, one hundred sockets from the hundred talents, one talent for each socket. Then from the one thousand seven hundred and seventy-five shekels, he made hooks for the pillars, overlaid their capitals, and made bands for them. The offering of bronze was 70 talents and 2,400 shekels, and with it he made the sockets for the door of the tabernacle of meeting, the bronze altar, the bronze grating for it, and all the utensils for the altar, the sockets for the court all around, the bases for the court gate, all the pegs for the tabernacle, and all the pegs for the court all around. Matthew 28. He is risen. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. The women worship the risen Lord. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. The soldiers are bribed. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, They gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them, His disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. The Great Commission Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Psalm 34, verses 11 through 22. Come, you children, listen to me. 
I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and he delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart, and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Proverbs 9, verses 9 and 10. Give instructions to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So, just a few quick things today. Well, I don't know if it'll be quick, but just a few things. In the Old Testament, I found myself feeling really proud of the work Bezalel and Aholiab did. Like, I imagined myself there and what I would have told them had I been observing their work in real time. Based on these descriptions, y'all did that. Look at all these beautiful curtains and the way y'all laid this gold over the acacia wood on this table. Oh, this is nice. Y'all did such a phenomenal job following the Lord's instructions. This is beautiful. And these utensils, how did you get the gold to shine like that? Ooh, and I need some spoons like this. You think the Lord would mind? Wait, 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 wait. Do y'all do domestic work? Or only divine work. Because if it's all right with him, I have a little dirt corner in my tent that I've been meaning to decorate. I already have some blue, purple, and scarlet thread. And I think we have some gold here too. Now we don't have any gold because we gave it all to you all for this project. And I'm glad we did. I heard y'all had more than enough though. Y'all had to tell people to stop bringing it. Is that right? Seriously. I don't know if it is the tedium of these descriptions that compels my mind to conjure up imagery to go along with the stories, but this is how I see it. And for me, it makes it easier to wrap my mind around the scale of what's taking place. And if you have a second, Google some of these furnishings that we're covering in the scriptures so you can see what it looks like or what it looked like. I think it will give you a different appreciation for what we're reading. And as far as our reading in Matthew, with this being Black History Month, I would be remiss if I did not mention our dear brother, Simon of Serene, who was the last man to help Jesus before his death on the cross. Simon was a citizen of Serene, which is the modern Tripoli, the capital and largest city of Libya. The day of the crucifixion coincided with the Passover celebration, and Jews from every nation would have been in town to observe this. Simon was on his way out of town as he was not Jewish and would not have been participating in this event. 
Now, as a foreigner, he would have been aware that Rome ordered the crucifixion of criminals. So when he ran into the crowd on his way out of the city and saw what was happening, he may have just assumed that the person was getting what he deserved. But imagine his shock as he is simply trying to keep his head down and press his way through the people. Excuse me, bruh. Excuse, excuse me. My bad, sis. Just, just trying to get out of here. Just trying to cross this, this street over here. He was just on his way home. And then suddenly, he is forcefully and abruptly grabbed by one of the Roman soldiers and forced to carry the blood-stained cross of a man on his way to his death. The weight of the cross... A burden of about a hundred pounds probably felt like a thousand as Simon hefted it up onto his back and felt every ounce of its load. He was probably a bit unnerved at first, probably a lot unnerved at first by the entire scene. Cries and wails, jeers and taunts from onlookers, screaming soldiers beating an already bloody, bruised man in the person of Jesus Christ who can barely stand, let alone walk. But Simon, he finds his stride. Step by step, he trudges up the hill of Mount Calvary with that cross on his back, a symbol of shame and disgrace. And yet, he valiantly bore it. Luke tells us that he was behind Jesus, literally the first person to take up his cross and follow Jesus. What an honor to be that chosen one. Maybe Simon didn't understand the significance of what he was doing, but God did. It was a glorious moment for him. The name Simon means hearing, and we are still hearing about his name because as this drama of brutality and treachery unfolded, Simon heroically carried that cross towards a destiny far beyond Calvary and greater than he could have ever imagined into the halls of history. The other thing I want to point out is the women at the tomb and their significance. Matthew tells us that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary was there. This wasn't Jesus's mother, but it may have been his aunt, the mother of James and John, or Mary, the wife of Clopas, according to John 19.25. At any rate, they are the first to the tomb. They are the first to be greeted by Jesus, and they are the first to worship him. It was early on Sunday morning when the two Marys came to see the tomb. As they arrived, there were some terrible earthquakes. A bright angel came down from heaven and rolled back the stone at Jesus' tomb. Then he sat on it. And I don't know why, but I see him sitting on this rock with his legs crossed with this knowing smile, completely unbothered by the Roman guards, heavily armed men used to frightening situations, who shrieked in fear and fainted when he appeared before them clad in his gleaming white of vision. And this angel completely ignored those soldiers and spoke to the women only. He gave them four messages. Number one, don't be scared. This here resurrection is something to be ecstatic about. Number two, Jesus ain't here. Not among the dead. Jesus is alive. Number three, come on in. Don't y'all want to see for yourselves? Number four, now go run and tell that. Spread this news everywhere. The women left 
and did. Then they run right into Jesus. See what can happen when you're obedient. You run right into Jesus on the way. And the Bible says Jesus met and greeted them. Jesus is like, hey, y'all. And can you just picture how joyful, how overwhelmed, how happy they are to see him? They just fall at his feet and begin worshiping. Y'all, we would have been no good. Do y'all hear me? We probably would have knocked Jesus off his feet. I know how hard I sometimes hug my dad after I haven't seen him in a long time. Even my pastor, those father figures. So if it was Jesus, and yeah, maybe it was only three days, but he was dead. So to see him alive again, I would have been overcome with emotion and bawling like a baby. The Bible then says, Jesus tells the women not to be afraid, but to go and tell his brothers to meet him in Galilee. How cool is that? The women were deputized to tell the story. The women have it yet again. I do want to say that strictly speaking, there were no witnesses to the resurrection itself, which is why this lie about the soldiers falling asleep and the disciples stealing him in the middle of the night actually has legs. But let's talk about that for a second. So at the same time the women are running into Jesus, the Roman guards are running to the Sanhedrin council to tell them that Jesus is no longer in the tomb. The elders then give them this cockamamie story to tell. They bribe the soldiers into saying that they had fallen asleep, and while they were sleeping, the disciples came and stole the body. The Sanhedrin had discovered the hard way that while the truth stands tall on its own two feet, a lie needs an entire entourage to prop it up. First of all, if the Roman guards had actually fallen asleep, they would have been executed by the governor's orders for failing to fulfill their duty. That's actually why the Sanhedrin council said that they would take up for them if the governor heard about them falling asleep on the job. Second of all, if they were asleep, though, how would they know who stole the body? Third, we saw all the trouble they went through to make sure that tomb was so secure that there was no way it could have been removed, not even by 10 or 11 disciples. Here's the thing. They can deny it all they want, but they can't disprove it. When Jesus finally gets to the disciples, Matthew tells us that they too worshipped him, but some doubted. We probably all know one for sure who did, but Matthew doesn't tell us his name, so we won't say it here either. But as for the women, we frame the life of Jesus. We are present in his genealogy and the story of his birth. We were the primary witnesses to his death on the cross. Oh yes, wait till we get to the other gospels and they testify of the strength of the women who watched up close. So close, they could hear him say his final words. They beheld the horrors of his death as eyewitnesses. We are first to see him after his resurrection, and we were the first to run with the good news. I am so excited for tomorrow, as we will be starting our next gospel in the New Testament, and we get to hear a fresh perspective on our Savior, Jesus the Messiah, and Son of God. Lord, we thank you for the beauty of your word and how it has the power to bring us closer to you. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross so that we could have 
everlasting life through him. And we thank you for his strength in enduring such great pain. We thank you for this opportunity to share in your word as we learn more about you and your story. Thank you for allowing us to see ourselves reflected in scripture once again, for including the stories of those who are often overlooked or forgotten or made to be invisible, and for giving us the opportunity to participate in your story. Thank you for the example of bravery and sacrifice offered by Simon of Serene. Guide us into that same kind of courage and humble service so that we too can be obedient and exemplify strength to be used by you to fulfill your divine plan and purpose. Help us to remember this moment right here when it seems like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. Help us to remember the cross and that you will provide us strength to carry our own. Lord, we pray that you would continue to open our eyes, our ears, and hearts to see, hear, and feel you in all things. We pray that we will be able to see how your word intersects with our lives in every way unencumbered by sin and distraction. We thank you, Father God, for the gift of the Holy Spirit who guides us and comforts us in our times of need. We ask right now, God, that you would use us as your witnesses to share your good news with the world, that your love and life are expressed in relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray for opportunities to tell your story as we tell our stories, that it would bring hope to those who need it the most. We ask that you would continue to bless our lives, wash us in your word again and again, through and through. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our affirmation for today, I feed my spirit, I train my body, I focus my mind. This is my time. I feed my spirit, I train my body, I focus my mind. This is my time. And our aphorism, sometimes you have to carry your cross before you can wear your crown. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure with me. Are y'all getting something out of this? Are you feeling into it the way that I'm feeling into it? I know y'all can hear my excitement and enthusiasm and my imagination on full display. I want to hear from you. Please continue to light me up with comments, reviews, posts, tag me. I'm here for it. I read them all. You belong here. And we belong together on this journey. I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.